Welcome to the latest edition of the Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell and joined as always by Pat Rooney. And Pat hasn't had a whole lot of sleep uh, after a 9 p.m. tip off uh, last night for uh, the NIT. But hey, at least the, the Buffs won. So how are you doing this morning? Well, late game and little kids that get up at the same time, regardless of what daddy was doing the night before, is not a good mix. But uh, got the coffee rolling. Got my NIT bracket out, and I'm ready to roll. Yeah, you know, uh, the men, <laughs> we talked about it, uh, not in a podcast beforehand, but you and I talked about it uh, with with this men's team. Like, who knows which team was going to show up last night uh, against Seton Hall, and, you know, really that's kind of the mantra of this team this whole season is you didn't know which team was going to show up, but then you throw in the, the NIT, which is that secondary tournament when you don't know which team is going to show up for for any team right because you don't know who's interested in playing in this tournament but the buffs uh, had some ups and downs and came away with a win yeah i saw some chatter you know I, I, i'm the guy that doesn't like to look at twitter chatter too much but you know i saw you know kind of the win and ugly take on 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 last night's game with the buffs edging seton hall right at the end um, and I'll, I'll humbly disagree. That was going to be an ugly game regardless. That game was going to be a brawl. Uh, you know, if you looked at Seton Hall season, this is a great, great, great defensive team. They're one of the best teams, defensive teams in the uh, Big East, really statistically the second best behind UConn, who you know has been a top 20 team all season this year. Uh, so this was going to be this was going to be a battle from the get go. And I do think it says something about the Buffs that they were the last team standing at the end of it. They made just enough plays at the end. Tristan De Silva was solid. Ethan Wright was great, and he's been great the last couple weeks. Um, you know, it's maybe unfortunate it, it took this long to kind of see the player that Buffs fans thought they were getting out of out of Princeton uh, when he transferred over as a grad transfer this year. Uh, you know, the other grad transfer, Jalen Gabadon, has also been very good these last few games. And Julian Hammond, once again. Uh, really kind of running with that starting role. Here's a stat that just amazed me. Uh, 18 assists against six turnovers in these four starts for for Julian Hammond. That's a three-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. I know it's a small sample size, but even McKinley Wright didn't do that in his best season. Uh, so Julian Hammond really kind of taking that starting role and running with it. Uh, so, yeah, impressive win all around by the bus. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if a team's going to be – you know, willing to, to sacrifice to kind of keep the season going in, in the JV tournament, if you will. Uh, but the bus will be able, uh, we're able to do that. And, uh, you know, as you and I talk here, still we'll be waiting until tonight to see what is next in the NIT. Yeah, you know, and, and there were a couple moments in that second half that that told me that this team wants to be here. And those were those two runs by Seton Hall that, you know, there's times this year we've seen, them the buffs have a lead and then the other team goes on a run in the second half and and the buffs kind of fold you know and the buffs didn't do that in this one uh when they got down by five i thought oh boy <laughs> you know here we go again you know this team's gonna lose some interest and then they didn't and then they gave up that that run towards the end of the game and they still battle back from that um it, do you agree with me on that that i mean those two moments kind of showed hey this team actually wants to keep playing and you know be in this thing yeah absolutely it was uh it was kind of one of those games of runs, albeit, uh, you know, small runs. Neither team got a huge lead all the way, but obviously the Buffs had a slight lead uh, for the 
better part of the, the early portion of the second half. Seton Hall made a run. You know, the Buffs got it back. Uh, they were leading by six. Uh, Colorado was with four minutes left after a great play by Luke O'Brien. Just a couple hustle plays right in quick succession. And he got a tip in, put the Buffs up by six. Uh, but then here comes Seton Hall once again. Uh, put together a little 9-2 run, and all of a sudden you're down a point in the last minute. But once again, you know, that had been a time for the Buffs to uh, perhaps, you know, fold the tents a little bit. Uh, at that point, it was reminding me, going back a little bit to early December, it was reminding me a little bit of the Arizona State game, the way they, you know, had a lead at home late, seemingly were in control and kind of let the opponent back into it. And uh, that ASU game, they did not escape with the win, but – Last night they did. Jalen Gabadon made a great pass to, to Hammond for a layup right at the end. The Buffs got one more defensive stop, and that was all they needed to advance. So uh, a gutsy performance by the Buffs. It wasn't their best, but, uh, you know, I don't think, you know, for a team that's kind of struggled to be efficient offensively, I don't think we were going to see that against this uh, defensive team with Seton Hall. So, uh, you know, a gritty win all around. You know, Tad Boyle might have said it best afterwards when he said any win in March is a good win. And uh, moving on, we'll see, uh, uh, you know, as it stands, Utah Valley wins on Wednesday night. That game will be in Colorado probably on Saturday. Nothing official, uh, but the second round game will be Saturday or Sunday. Uh, and then obviously if New Mexico wins, that game will be down in Albuquerque. Yeah, you know, and such a different thing from last year i mean you had kind of high hopes going into the nit last year they get knocked out that first round at home so at least at least this team was able to you know put something together and get through that first game and i think that was important for this group uh to uh, like like tad said win a game in march right and at least get through the first round give yourselves a shot at this point and that kind of goes to one of the things you mentioned about you never know what kind of team what team's going to show up in the nit you know last year that team was playing really well um, uh, until they lost to Arizona uh, in the, the semifinals of the Pac-12 tournament. Up until that point, the Buffs had won eight out of nine. They'd really turned it on down the stretch. They won some you know, tough road games during that span. Uh, and it's like, okay, you lose to Arizona. You know, not, not a you know, the, the biggest loss in the world or, or one that you, you maybe lament more than, than if you'd gotten upset or something. So then you get to play in the NIT at home. You've been playing well, and, you know, they came out flat and, you know, kind of didn't get themselves in the fight until it was too late. This team, they've played well the last couple of games. You know, going back to the regular season finale against Utah, they played well. They played pretty well in the Pac-12 tournament, even though they, they lost to UCLA. Um, you know, they picked up the win against Washington. So this team, you know, I don't want to say this team wasn't playing well coming into this one. But they certainly had not put together the sort of consistent run that we saw out of last year's group. Uh, nevertheless, they come into last night's game and, and play tough. Uh, you know, toughness has been an issue with this team, but they've gotten better as the season's gone on. Um, they play tough and manage to eke out a win. So definitely never know what you're going to get going into the NFC. But I think now that they've got one win under your belt, after you do that, I think you're kind of in it now. Uh, you know, kind of in it to win it, if you will. Only going to be 16 teams left by the time the bus hit the floor again. Uh, maybe they get a chance to do it at home one more time and, uh, you know, see how far they can take this. And, you know, they still have to win one more game regardless. But, you know, another interesting aspect of the results from the first night 
is that out east Rutgers lost to Hofstra in overtime and uh, what does that mean for the bus? Well, Rutgers was the top seed in the bus little quadrant of the NIT. Uh, so if the bus can win that second round game, the quarterfinal game will be in Boulder, regardless of who it's against. So uh, still have to get there first. Don't want to you know, look ahead too much, but uh, things could be favoring or falling the bus way, but still have to get through the second round. Yeah, you know, and I know this team has been frustrating for uh, for CU fans, and they've been a little interesting this year because I, you know, you and I talked back in November that this team was going to be better in February than it, than it was in November. And I'm not totally sure it is, but you know, or it was, but I think one of the cool things we're seeing in the last couple of weeks, and we mentioned both these guys, but Julian Hammond, Luke O'Brien are two guys that were role players that. You know, there were some nights they just didn't show up and, you know, you didn't know what they were, you were going to get. But those two guys have really embraced the starting role and played really well. You mentioned Julian, but Luke has been fantastic in the starting role as well. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Excuse me. Um, Luke's been awesome. Uh, there's no other way to put it. You know, his, his shooting hasn't been great this year, but over the last half of the season, he's really come on a career-high 14 rebounds. I'm going to write a little bit about him today. Uh, for an off-day story, the team is off today on Wednesday. We'll get back to work on Thursday with uh, you know, looking ahead to whomever they've got this upcoming weekend. And, uh, you know, but Luke, Luke has been phenomenal. Uh, he's really come along, especially on the rebounding. Uh, you know, Tad Boyle talked about this after the game that, uh, you know, the injuries to K.J. Simpson and uh, I guess the illness to K.J. Simpson and the injury to Javon Hadley, um, obviously hurts CU's depth. They're, they're not a better team without them. Uh, but in terms of Luke O'Brien and Julian Hammond, they've really stepped up to the plate in in replacing those guys. You know, Luke has had, what do we got here? Uh, four double-digit rebounding games in the past six. Uh, you know, and, and, and before that, he's got, you know, had, had four games of nine, you know, prior to that. So, you know, he's really found something that's clicked with him. You know, the, the energy he brings to the floor, you know, that that play he made last night, I talked about the tip in, but that whole sequence began with him getting a defensive rebound at the other end. And that tip in was the second offensive rebound of that possession by O'Brien um, in, in that sequence. He had another one, tried to go back up with it, didn't force it, nothing was there, eventually kicked it back out to De Silva, who got a good look. Um, but missed, but then to, so I'm sorry, O'Brien was right there for the, for the tip in again. So he had two offense rebounds on that sequence, uh, you know, after securing the defensive rebound on the other end and, you know, talking to Tad Boyle afterward, I, that's just not a play that, you know, a sequence, you know, maybe Luke makes one of those plays individually, uh, the defensive board, or maybe one offense rebound, but that whole sequence that doesn't happen at the beginning of the year. And he's really come a long way uh, in the last I don't know, four or five, six weeks uh, to, to really provide this team with some some steady high-end rebounding. And, uh, you know, to your point about this team improving, I would say it has not improved dramatically. Like maybe we've seen some Tad Boyle teams uh, do in the past, you know, you know, being better in, in February than they were in November. You know, I mentioned last year's team with the run of eight wins in, in nine games uh, before bowing out in the Pac-12. I would say this team has gotten better. It's, it's maybe but not by the 
leaps and bounds. It, it maybe hasn't shown up in the results sometimes. Uh, but I do think this team has gotten better. The defense has been pretty consistent the last month, month and a half. Um, you know, you look at the the, the scoring totals of the opponents uh, in in the, in that in that span. You know, really since the end of January. Um, you know, maybe maybe even going back to those Oregon games at home, the defense for the most part has been there for this team. Uh, the turnovers have been down. You know, last night felt like a bad turnover game for a while, but still they only ended up with 10, uh, which going back to, to November or December would have been their, their best totals of the, those, those couple months. So um, that's been pretty consistent. The, the turnover totals have been down. Um, and, you know, we've seen some of the individual improvement by, by players we've mentioned, like O'Brien and, and Julian Hammond. And, and Tristan De Silva's just been, you know, kind of steady throughout this. So I would say this team has gotten better. Um, it is a better team here in, in, in March and it was in late February than, than certainly was in, in November and in December. Um, you know, like I said, maybe it hasn't shown up in, in the win column as much. But I do think this is a better team than the one that started out the season and was so inconsistent in November and December. Yeah. Well, they certainly have a shot to, you know, finish strong and, uh, you know, put a nice uh, ending on this season. And and one, one quick thing on, on Luke, as you were talking there, he's averaged 8.1 rebounds per game in the 10 games that uh, since Javon Hadley's been out, he averaged 4.5 before that. So, you know, Luke really has stepped it up and, and been pretty impressive on the board. So uh, they're going to need that as they continue in this tournament, no matter who they play uh, this weekend, whether it's Utah Valley or New Mexico. But um, anything else you want to uh, talk about on the men's side? No, nope, just looking forward to the opponents. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll luck out and get another home game. Um, and if they do, maybe it sets up like, you know, I think Buffs fans should cheer for Utah Valley on Wednesday night against uh, New Mexico if you get another home game. Who knows? You know, could echo the 2011 team. Tad's first team wrote a little bit about them in my game day notes uh, yesterday. Fans had a lot of time to chew on those before the late tip on, on Tuesday night. Uh, that 2011 team, as we know, uh, kind of snubbed out of the NCAA tournament, but but won three home games in the NIT and, and, and got to go to the final four. So, um, you know, nothing's given. They might have to go through New Mexico to, to kind of uh, repeat that, but uh, you know, I think, like I said, with the one win under their belt, um, the one game under the belt, you, you, you kind of feel like you're more in the fight now. So we'll see how they respond in the second round. Yeah. And, you know, obviously uh, it's going to be a fun, fun thing to see what the bus can do and see if they can, if they can finish this season better. And, uh, you know, they still got a shot at that 20 win mark. So they're at 18 right now. So, uh, you know, we'll be watching the coverage from you and uh, and seeing what happens the rest of this week. But then the women are playing, and they've got the NCAA tournament on Saturday evening, 5 p.m. Mountain uh, against Middle Tennessee. That game is uh, scheduled to be on ESPN News for those that have that channel. And, um, you know, opportunity for the Buffs here, second straight tournament, first time in uh, almost 20 years they've gone to back-to-back, and uh, they haven't won one. Uh, in this tournament in 20 years. So uh, great opportunity for the women. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens against uh, Middle Tennessee. But th- this is an opportunity for this program. They're, they're establishing something now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, second consecutive appearance in the tournament after, you know, the, it's, been a, it's, it's been a while, as you mentioned, since the program has been able to say that. And, you know, one thing that always concerns me on the women's side is the layoff 
and I know it's the same for, for every team. It, it, it's not like it's, you know, the Buffs have had a layoff and are going to go against teams that have been playing a little bit more. But I guess what's your thought on this? You know, the, the, the Buffs weren't exactly playing their best uh, the last few weeks uh, before they, you know, this little hiatus before the NCAA tournament. Um, the layoff, does it help or hinder this particular Buffs team going into Saturday? I think it helps because they weren't playing super sharp um, in the Pac-12 tournament. I mean, they they actually had a pretty good weekend. Sorry to cut you off. Really leading into it. It wasn't just the Pac-12 tournament, but, you know, they had to win against a not very good Cal team, but at home to to finish the regular season. But other than that, the last couple weekends of the regular season plus the Pac-12 was not the best that we've seen out of this bunch. Well, yeah, but I would say that last home weekend, you know, they – they almost beat Stanford, you know, double overtime without Frida Foreman, and then did have probably their best offensive game against Cal. So I think that Arizona trip for sure, um, you know, the weekend before that was not a good one. Um, I thought they played a little bit better at home, but it is at home. And then, you know, that Pac-12 tournament kind of sputtered. And uh, I know Washington State won the thing, but I think the Buffs lost it as much as they as Washington State beat them. I, I think they needed this time off to kind of – just kind of regroup and especially Quay Miller has been struggling a little bit with her shot. Um, I think they needed this time. Now middle Tennessee, uh, their conference tournament, it was this last week. So, uh, they just played on Saturday night. So it's only a, a, a one week layoff for them. And the Buffs are going to have 15 days in between games. And that's a long time, but I do think that this team can benefit from that. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, if you were rolling, Going into this tournament, then you you wouldn't want that break. But I think the Buffs could, could kind of use it. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I would tend to uh, think as well. You know, I, in general, I'm not. It's you know, obviously not anyone's fault, and it's like I said, not unique to the Buffs. I'm not a huge fan of the, you know, huge week and a half to two week layoff between the end of the the conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament for for women's basketball. I think that's something that should be addressed somehow in the future but be that as it may a great opportunity for the buffs and brian i know you're a lot like me so you probably did this too i did a lot of cramming and a lot of homework on seton hall in a short amount of time what can you tell us about middle tennessee and what the bus will be facing on saturday yeah interesting matchup in that you know both these teams are really good defensively uh it's hard to say you know how good middle tennessee really is because you don't know how good conference usa is as far as all those teams but uh, you know, we know the Buffs calling card is defense. Middle Tennessee actually gives up fewer points than the Buffs do against lesser competition. You know, they're not playing the Pac-12 every night, but they play good defense. They also they're they're one of the nation's leaders in three-point shots and free throws. So they get to the free throw line a ton and they make a lot of them. They don't make a lot of their threes, but they shoot a ton of them. And so uh, they're not afraid to put the ball in the air and uh you know, when they play with confidence, I was talking to one of their coaches, one of CU's coaches the other night, and uh, he told me that, hey, <laughs> what he's heard is when Middle Tennessee is making shots, they're really tough to beat. And that, you know, when they're not, they're still tough to beat because they play good defense. But when they get rolling on the three pointers, you know, they're they're really tough to beat. And so the Buffs have got to play well defensively on the perimeter and uh, and keep those, uh, you know, keep the Blue Raiders, you know, from scoring all those three pointers because they they average a lot. How much do you think the experience factor plays into this uh, for the at least for the Buffs and, and going out and performing? You know, a lot of these players 
were on last year's team, went into the tournament, uh, you know, feeling like they were in a pretty good spot and obviously had the first round loss. Um, Does being there a year ago help this team going into it this time around? Yeah, I think so. And a lot of them have said that, that they believe that being there last year is going to be a big deal this time, Um, that they kind of know what to expect and they've kind of got those jitters out. And you can really just, just being around this team, there's a different sense. You know, last year it was very much a relief that they got there and they kind of expected to get, you know, picked last year, but there was still that relief of like, wow, we finally made it. We're here. And it was a nine year drought before that. And it was almost kind of like, if they won anything last year, it was going to be gravy. And this year's team, you know, J.R. Payne had a great quote to me. She said, I think the girls that, that came back this year are mad that they let that feeling sink in last year of just being happy to be there. Uh, they don't want to just be there. They want to win some games this time. And so I think there's a different feel. And I think that that's where the experience comes in that, hey, we've been there now. Now let's go win. Well, it certainly uh you know, seems like a good opportunity for this team to to make some noise uh, in in the NCAA tournament. I mean, how do you, how do you see this game playing out? And will we see the Buffs in the second round? Yeah, a, a tough one. You know, we talk about experience in uh, Middle Tennessee. You know, their coach has been there eighteen years. They've got a program going. Uh, last year, they were not in the tournament, but they made it to the semifinals of the WNIT. They were in the tournament two years ago, so they've got a lot of players with with some playoff and some postseason experience so uh, they're not going to be phased by uh, you know being in this tournament and so I think it's going to be a good game between two teams that are you know just really good basketball teams but I think I'm going to give the edge to the buffs because I think that it's it's their time I think it's been a long time since they've won one I think they're going to take the experience from last year and get it done and uh, and get a W and, and go out and play Monday night against either Duke or Iona Obviously, Duke would be a tough challenge on their home floor, but have to get there first. So definitely looking forward to the the game on Saturday night. Brian, if there was one or two keys, you feel like this uh, the Buffs have to make sure they nail down to, to advance on Saturday, what are they? They've got to play strong defense, and they've got to hit their free throws because this uh, – they're not a strong free throw shooting team. Team Middle Tennessee is, and I think that this is going to be a close game. So the Buffs have got to hit their free throws. And they've got to keep this as a low scoring game and not let it get into, uh, you know, more than seventy five, anything like that. I think they've got to keep it low scoring and play good defense. Well, we'll see how it plays out on Saturday evening uh, here in Colorado, Saturday night for you on the East Coast. And Brian Howell will be on the scene out there for us. Looking forward to this trip, uh, covering a game at Cameron. Uh, it's got to be, you know, I would be kind of excited to do that. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm excited to see. I know, you know, that place is obviously famous for, you know, the men's team there. This is a women's game, but um, it's still a, an awesome venue. And I'm excited to go see it. And, uh, you know, there's such history in that building. I've never been to the state of North Carolina, so I'm excited to see, you know, the Duke campus, see Cameron Indoor, and all those other campuses close by. I might head over to Chapel Hill and check out, uh, you know, North Carolina a little bit. And so I'm excited to see just that general area. But I think seeing a game at Cameron Indoor, uh, that's got to be a bucket list item for a lot of college basketball fans. So I'm excited for that. 
Yeah, that was uh, one thing I thought of when I, I saw the matchups. Like, oh, Brian will get to see Cameron. So pretty cool and, and can't wait to hear about it from you. Yeah, and you'll have coverage, obviously, of the men, whether they're in Boulder or Albuquerque and, uh, you know, lots of basketball. And we got football starting up uh, on Sunday. So there's a lot going on at Buffstone. There's going to be a lot uh, that we have coming up in the next uh you know, weeks, but I mean, especially this weekend. So, um, Pat, good luck to, uh, you know, you, as you potentially travel, you're either going to drive to Boulder or, you know, travel to Albuquerque and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens this weekend. I guess technically I'm traveling either way, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, and depending on the traffic, it could be, uh, more enjoyable to go to Albuquerque than Boulder. Make my 10 minute, 15 minute commute or, uh, <laughs> a little flight down to Albuquerque, but we will figure that out after Wednesday night. And, uh, Looking forward to the games this weekend. So uh, on behalf of Brian, as always, folks, thanks for listening. We'll have all your hoops coverage this weekend. Head to buffzone.com and uh, fun time of year. Looking forward to the games.